0: This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network.
2: It's hour number three of the look ahead right here on Sin, the sports betting network, and it is officially. No matter if you're out there on the east coast or the west coast, here in the continental 48 state, New Year's Eve. So, a happy New Year's Eve to you all and. If you guys like what you're hearing right now, well, the Greg Peterson experience is at the same time as this show today, 10 p.m. Pacific to 1 a.m. Pacific. You're out there on the East Coast, 1 to 4 a.m. I know that my fiance, because I was talking to her about, oh, I'll be able to ring in the new year with people on VSIM because I'll be on tomorrow. I told her I would be the pretty much VSIM version of Ryan Seacrest. She asked, why would you want that? I came back with the only rebuttal that you can. Why wouldn't you want to be the visa version of Ryan Seacrest? I mean, it's absolutely amazing. So I am very much looking forward to that, and I am very much looking forward to these college football playoff games. Going to be diving into those in a second, but got to give give a shout-out to the best in the business, all the guys that work behind the scenes. Without them, you wouldn't be able to hear me or see me if you're listening slash watching on places like YouTube TV, Fubo, Sling, list goes on and on. You've got my man Jason Kahn, who is my producer tonight. Right now, filling in for him, we've got Nick Wells doing a great job as the technical director. Oliver does absolutely terrific work. And then Taylor on audio. All these guys are amazing, best in the business. So a big thanks to all of them. So let's with that now dive into it and try to be able to make you guys some money to be able to wrap up the year 2021. We're gonna be starting with that first college football playoff game coming up at twelve thirty PM Pacific. So 3:30 3:30 PM Eastern. You've got Cincinnati and Alabama. We were just talking about this game with Wes with with Wes Reynolds. So big thanks to him for joining me about 15 20 minutes ago in the second hour of this show. If you missed that or miss anything else with regards to the show, Veasan Best Bets Podcast, we have got you covered there. But when it comes to this Cincinnati versus Alabama game, you're finding Alabama anywhere between 13 and a half and 14. It's pretty much a 50 50 market wide. Yeah, about half of places that you're looking right now have a 13 and a half half of places they've got a 14 and your total on this game you're finding it anywhere between a 57 and a half to a 57 and if you like Cincinnati I would encourage you to wait as long as humanly possible this is not a number which I wind up foreseeing by any stretch of the imagination Alabama getting any lower than what we're seeing right now if you currently have a 13 and a half available and you like me like Alabama I would say take it right now because I don't think that this is going to be a round by kickoff. I just think that Alabama is going to be able to do a good job against Cincinnati, and I just question Desmond Ritter and the way that he's going to be able to match up with this Alabama defense because obviously when it comes to the Alabama offense, we know all about them, but I just take a look at this defense, and I think that they're going to be able to do a terrific job against a guy in Desmond Ritter has been shall we say, relatively average. He's done a good job of being able to avoid the mistakes. He's done a solid job of being able to put this team in position to be able to win, but he's not necessarily a difference maker when it comes to this team, and when it comes to Alabama, obviously, Bryce Young, we all know what he was able to do, being able to win the Heisman, one of the most efficient quarterbacks for a single season, really in the history of college football. I think that that's putting it just... The way that it is at this point, and we wound up seeing them go up against a Georgia defense, a very vaunted Georgia defense. You wound up seeing Alabama being able to put up 41 points in that game, but and you need to really take a look at this Crimson Tide defense. Other than that game against Arkansas, they have been able to do a good job of being able to put the clamps down. Meanwhile, for Cincinnati, they played much better recently. Going into this game, they wound up blowing out SMU. They blew out Eastern East Carolina on the road and they were able to get the job done with a winning cover against Houston in the American title game but we've also seen Cincinnati at times look very very pedestrian that game against Navy I and mean, there was a good possibility of them losing that game outright they barely got by Tulsa they wound up having some interesting ordeals when it came to that game against Indiana as well before they were able to pull away late so we have seen sort of the awards of Cincinnati now When it comes to Alabama, they wound up having that loss to Texas A&M. You wound up having a little bit of a close call against Florida as well. So I do think that that is something that is needing to be noted as well, that both of these teams, though they are coming into this game looking very, very solid, they have had some of their hiccups in the past as well. And when it comes to being able to play the college football playoff in general, I actually had someone ask me this on social media, how we should be taking a look at this and, The biggest advice I can give you right now is when it comes to the college football playoff, play this game the exact same way in which you play a normal college football game. You don't want to be just placing all of your units on the college football playoff game because it's a bigger one. It's a case in which when it comes to college football, college basketball, the NFL, list goes on and on. Just because the game is bigger doesn't mean that your bet size needs to be bigger. And if you're someone that you don't necessarily look at size and totals, you look a little bit more at player props, then it's a very good market for you because obviously when it comes to college football playoff, you're able to find a whole heck of a lot more when it comes to the player prop market on this game rather than a normal college football game. As we know, the player prop market a little bit bigger out there for sports like the NBA. When it comes to K-Props, you're able to find that in the MLB. In college football you don't find it as much certainly in the nfl it is very very prevalent with all that we've seen with regards to the east coast books offering that in recent years so certainly you're able to have quite a few more offerings there but this is just a case in which you got to stick to who you are is better don't wind up just deciding okay because there's fewer college football games now this time of year that i have to risk the same amount of money as i would on a normal college football saturday what have you that is Not the way that you want to be going about this, so just want to lend that helpful piece of advice right there. But when it comes to Alabama, I do think that they should be able to do a pretty dominant job in this game. 57, I just think that it's a relatively right total. If I'm looking at anything, I'd be looking at an under, but this isn't one that I want to be taking a piece of as much just because... I can see a case in which Alabama winds being able to put up 42-plus points, but I do think that Alabama should be able to cover this game. I like 13-and-a-half, like a lot more than I like 14, but what else I think is going to be big for Alabama in this game is I do think that Brian Robinson Jr. is going to be able to have himself a relatively solid game, a guy that was able to rack up 14 rushing touchdowns for Alabama, looked a little bit pedestrian in that game against Georgia. I think that he was dealing with a little bit of ailment in that game as well, though, so now that he's been able to have a little bit of time to rest up That is good. And for Alabama, this is a team of which your coaching staff, they wound up having some COVID-19 issues coming into the game. So that has been a little bit tough for them, but I don't think that necessarily affected them too much. And it wasn't Nick Saban who was going through it, which I think is very fortunate as well. It was more of the assistants. It was more like guys like O'Brien and company. So I think that you should be relatively fine on that front. And when it comes to Cincinnati, you just don't necessarily have those skill guys that wind taking a top off of a defense, especially one that is quite like Alabama. Now, I do have to give credit to the fact that you've had 19 rushing touchdowns on 200 carries for Jerome Ford. Ford has been really solid for the team this season. You wind up seeing him bust out for a buck 87 against Houston, but when it comes to just him in general, he's averaged 4.3 yards per carry or fewer in four of the last five weeks. That Houston game was really the lone exception for him, so I just don't know if you're going to be able to have Cincinnati really be able to go off. I think that they're going to be held down quite a bit by Alabama. We have seen Cincinnati actually face off against some good competition in that game against Houston. Houston had not lost a game ever since week one against Texas Tech. We wound up seeing Cincinnati obviously have that nice win against Notre Dame, but I just don't think that Cincinnati is quite on the same level as Alabama, and I think that Alabama should be able to win this game. Once again, this is a number of which in half of places, you're finding it at 13 and a half. Other half of places, you're finding it at 14. If you like me, like Alabama, do everything that you can to try to seek out the 13 and a half. You want to be taking the best number humanly possible if you like Alabama. Meanwhile, if you like Cincinnati, this is a case in which feel free to wait a little bit. This is one that I'd be taking a little bit closer to kickoff just because when you know all the public winds up betting, Let's let's call it what it is the the public is going to be betting on Alabama. I mean, we're we're not really revealing like any secrecy or anything like that. The money is going to be coming in on Alabama. If you like Cincinnati, perhaps this why it's getting to a, 14 and a half or a fifteen. I would think that that would be a much more likely scenario than this summer coming down because it's just not going to come down unless you wind up seeing massive injuries slash COVID nineteen stuff that winds up going down for Alabama. So I like Alabama personally the 13 and a half if at all possible because i just don't think that it's going to be around much longer and then when it comes to the other game of the college football playoff you've got yourself georgia and michigan this is pretty much market-wide a seven and a half point line right now You're finding georgia laying it and this total it has settled in anywhere between about a 45 and a half to a 46 right now the top of the market is DraftKings kings at a 46 and i like the total under this is one in which once again you want to be trying to get the best of it a lot of places have 45 and a half so the 46 that does appeal to me a little bit more but when it comes to michigan this has been a team that they've really been able to hang their hat on defense and i don't know if i can quite get there on michigan being able to win this game outright but i think that they're going to be able to hold within a touchdown and really when you it comes down to it you're looking at these two teams being a little bit of mirror images of each other both of these teams have been very solid on defense Both of these teams have really done a good job of being able to take the ball out of their quarterback's hands as well. Cade McNamara, if you wind up going into a fancy restaurant, he is pretty much the waiter. He is not the one that's putting together the cream of mushroom soup or anything. He's not the one that's cooking the steak. He is bringing it out, and he's making sure that your superb dish does not wind up getting screwed up on the way. Occasionally, he's going to wipe off tables. He's going to make sure that your experience is very good and things like that. But with Kate McNamara, he's not the guy that's creating. That would be more like Hassan Haskins. Haskins who wound up having that just absolutely massive game against Ohio State. So I think that that is something that we're going to be taking a look at. And we're going to be hitting on this a little bit more on the other side. As I have to remind you guys to sign up for a play card Debit MasterCard. You're able to get paid faster than with a paper check with direct deposit. Always be ready to roll with PlayCard. Visit PlayCard.com. Today to be able to apply, subject to card activation and ID verification. Terms and costs to apply. Card is issued by MetaBank and NA member FDICs. We're going to be taking a look at a little bit more of this Michigan versus Georgia game on the other side, and going to be hitting on a little bit of college basketball as well. So all college next segment right here on the Look at, and that is right here on Decent Esports Betting Network.
0: Vsin, the sports betting network
2: if you miss any part of our show or anything on the Vsin schedule today don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule go to vsincom slash podcast and you'll be able to get beating the book with gail alexander or market insights with josh applebaum plus we've got you covered on Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many, many more. They are all free and available now at vison.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. As we are back here in lovely Las Vegas, more specifically, Circa, the wonderful sports book and resort for the bookhead with myself, Greg Peterson, filling in for Scott Seidenberg. And if you're listening to me live, well, coming up in 45 minutes. You get another three hours of the look at it with myself, Greg Peterson. If you're listening to the replay, coming up in about 44 minutes, it is follow the money. Mitch and Paulie, they're going to have you covered with regards to the college football playoff like I'm talking about right now. They're going to have you just in position to be able to make the last day of 2021 a profitable one. And then coming up at the end of the night, I will, able, I will be able to be the Ryan Seacrest of v a moniker I am very proud of. So that is going to be a whole lot of fun as we got to take a look at the game that we wound up leaving off talking about prior to the break. That would be Georgia versus Michigan. And when it comes to Michigan, they've actually been really good in the underdog role this year. they wound up winning both of their games outright. I just don't know if they're going to be able to do quite enough there. But and you take a look at this team, they're mere images of each other. They've done a good job with McNamara, I was talking about a little bit earlier, only committing four turnovers. He has thrown an interception in back-to-back weeks, but Certainly, I think that he's going to be able to do a good job of being able to stay within himself. I don't think that he's going to go off the reservation, do anything crazy. And even though Kate McNamara doesn't necessarily throw it a lot, he is good at being able to give the team some downfield strikes. So that is something that is positive. Meanwhile, you take a look at the flip side. Spencer Bennett, he's not necessarily as good at being able to stretch a field in my opinion you take a look at what he's been able to do and it's been relatively solid but you take a look at that game against alabama i felt like he got a little bit exposed he wound up having a pair of interceptions in that game no question not necessarily the captain of mobility now when it comes to georgia you do a great job with regards to both of these running backs james cook and samir white are both relative equals that's why if you're taking a look at their player props you're finding white at 50 and a half yards in this game james cook 45 and a half, that's via DraftKings, but when it comes down to some of these receiving props, it is a little bit more of, shall we say, a little bit of a crapshoot. You don't necessarily have the skill guys that are necessarily necessarily too highly touted, so I think that that's the best way of being able to put it in. I would argue that the Michigan running back duo little bit better than that of Georgia's. Georgia's is a little bit more balanced because you do have Hassan Askins, who I feel like has really taken the mantle a little bit more in recent weeks with all the touchdowns, but Blake Corum has been able to do a good job in and of its own right. And when it comes to Georgia, no doubt this is a team that they are going to absolutely swarm you. This is a defense that they have already gotten 41 sacks. They're not necessarily the world's greatest team at being able to force turnovers, though, which I do find to be very intriguing. This is a Michigan team that, it always feels like when they do need to come up with a turnover, which has been very few and far between with regards to the circumstances, they've been able to do a little bit more of that. Now, I don't know if Mr. Hutchinson should have necessarily gone to New York for the Heisman Trophy Award. I felt like that was maybe a little bit of giving him a bit too much credit, but still, I mean, this is a Michigan defense that has been absolutely tremendous, and I mean, it goes. It goes beyond Hutchinson, who did wind up having 14 sacks this season. This is a Michigan team that they themselves have been able to recover a fumbles, which I think has been just absolutely massive for this team. You take a look at this Michigan team, and they do wind up getting a couple fewer sacks, but you take a look at someone like Josh Ross in the secondary, and I've really been impressed by what he's been able to do this year. The secondary has been very good at just being able to wrap guys up. They don't necessarily get as many interceptions, but... I attribute that a little bit more to the Big Time being a little bit more of a run-heavy league rather than the SEC, which you've got teams that are throwing it all over the yard. So I do think that that is something that needs to be looked at as well. But I do think that Kate McNamara is going to be able to do a good job of managing this game. I quite frankly don't know who's going to be able to get to 21 in this game. I think that you're going to be seeing a lot of rushing. I think that Michigan is going to be able to do a good job. Of being able to hold their own on the ground I think that they're going to do a good job of being able to avoid any shall we say dumb mistakes so it's a spot in which I take a look at Michigan being able to catch up points and I was mentioning this a little bit earlier in the first hour when it comes to if you're taking a look at futures obviously if you're taking a look at futures right now you've missed the boat when it comes to the best of the numbers those were in season obviously when you've got four teams out there you're just not gonna be finding Too much with regards to that. You've got a couple exactives that are currently out there via DraftKings right now. Georgia defeating Alabama is the shortest shot when it comes to the exact props when it comes to the college football playoff. Georgia defeating Alabama is plus 175. Alabama defeating Georgia is plus 215. And then from there, it's a little bit more haywire. Like Cincinnati knocking off Michigan is 50-1, to which, I mean, I don't like Cincinnati to be able to knock off Alabama, but I can't say that that's necessarily the worst value in the world because, I mean, if you wind up having Cincinnati win both of those games and Michigan wins their one game, I don't know if you'd be able to take the approach I was talking about with regards to the NFL where you wind up doing the money line rollover where you wind up placing one unit on the team that you think is going to win and you're going to be able to roll it over. You wouldn't be able to get that value if when it comes to Cincinnati versus Michigan. Now, you would need that to actually happen it to wind up going down but hey i mean if you're looking at something that's really really long like i said even though i'm not looking at cincinnati i think that you could do worse for being able to find value and when it comes to just an actual an actual just taking a look at odds to be able to win the college football playoff if you're seeing them out there you probably just want to be doing the rollover at this point you're going to get a better payout than any of these places are still offering futures and i can tell you right now a lot of these places have on deploying the futures just off the board altogether. So if there is a team that you think is gonna be able to win the college football playoff, whether that be Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Cincinnati, just put one unit on the money line, roll it over the two games that you need to, and just go from there rather than taking a futures price, you're probably gonna get a little bit more value out of it. You're gonna be able to shop the line as well. And if something winds up happening where, let's say Alabama winds up winning their game against Georgia or wins their game against Cincinnati, and then all of a sudden, All calamity winds up breaking loose. You're able to hold on to your winnings. You don't have to be stuck with a ticket that is a little bit less than desirable. So that's the way I'd be taking a look at that. So when it comes to college football playoff, when it comes to what I'm going to be taking a look at, when it comes to the Georgia versus Michigan game, I am going to be taking a look at Michigan catching the points, and I'm taking a look at the under. Really don't have a lot when it comes to the total in the Alabama versus Cincinnati game. If anything, I'd be taking a look at it under there, but it's one of those things in which I think it's a little bit more here nor there unless we wind up seeing a line move, unless we wind up seeing some late moves, or unless we wind up seeing some late news, I should say. I'm probably not going to be really playing that, but I do think that Alabama should be able to cover 13-and-a-half. Like I said, we're seeing about half of books right now at a a 13-and-a-half, half of books at 14. If you like me like Alabama... This is not one that you want to be waiting on. You probably want to bet it, and you probably want to bet it right now because at kickoff right around 12.30 p.m. Pacific time, that is probably not going to be available for you. So that's the way that I take a look at things when it comes to it. And, hey, we do have other bowl games when it comes to what we're going to be getting in college football as well that are going to be going down on Friday. And one thing we were talking about with Wes Reynolds is an intriguing one rutgers versus wake forest we are starting to see some 17s pop i know that west was saying that he didn't necessarily like 17 or if he didn't necessarily like 16 and a half if this wound up getting to 17 he'd be interested well we've gotten to 17 in a lot of spots and the game is 63 now the rutgers scarlet knights have not necessarily been profitable recently in either college football or college basketball but i think we've gotten a little bit extreme here i think that this is a very wonky situation with what we're seeing. And by the way, this is going to be a very early kickoff. This is 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. So this is one in which you want to be waking up and getting getting your bets early in on if you haven't already gotten them in there. But when it comes to Rutgers, this is a team that they've gotten bludgeoned on the ground this season, but not as bad as Wake Forest. What Wake Forest has done a terrible job of all season long is containing the ground game. They are giving up 202 rush yards per game so that is a big giant issue when it comes to this Wake Forest team Wake Forest is a team that has been able to score a lot of points they're also giving up quite a few now this is a Rutgers team that shall we say has not necessarily been explosive between all their quarterbacks that have thrown past this they've got nine touchdowns to eight interceptions Noah federal has been the main guy seven touchdowns to six picks they wound up having like two I think it was trick play touchdowns when it comes to it but this is a Rutgers team that you know what you're going to get out of them. They are going to look to found it on the ground, and then they are going to look to found it on the ground some more because this is a case in which Mr. Vedral, his last passing touchdown came in October. Yep, that is what you've got with Rutgers right now. Meanwhile, you've got wake for a Wake Forest team with Sam Hartman, who has been absolutely tremendous for this team. He has been able to really light it up, so... You give him a lot of credit, but once again, he is supported by a defense that is built on sand. So you've got a lot of variance when it comes to that. And with Hartman, the big fear with him is that he has thrown 14 interceptions this year because this is a Wake Forest team that they really look to build themselves through the air. Last week, we wound up seeing Mr. Hartman. He wound up throwing four interceptions against Pittsburgh. Now, Pittsburgh, a relatively solid secondary. We did wind up seeing them do a good job in that game against Michigan State, but certainly not necessarily redeeming qualities there. We're going to be taking a little bit more of a look at those redeeming qualities on the other side. We're also going to be diving into the other bowl game that we've got here on this Friday and going to be taking a little bit of a look at college basketball as well. So that is coming up on the other side right here on the look at on Beaston. Beast sports Banking Network. We have a new prop tracker available at vsun.com for you to be able to keep up with all the key NFL props. Head over to vsun.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to be able to follow the trends and find the best value. You're able to do this for odds to be able to win MVP, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year and so much more. Check out Prop Tracker, Betting Splits, Key Trends and Matchup Data for every single game and that is now at Beaston.com slash NFL as we're back here on the look at with myself Greg Peterson, gladly filling in for Scott Seidenberg tonight and I'm gladly taking a look at everything that we've got for college football on this last day of 2021. Let's make it a good one. If you're going to be out, be sure to be safe. Have a good time, obviously, but be sure to be safe so you don't want to be ending 2021 on a low note. That is for sure, and I'm going to do everything I can to make it a profitable last day of the season. We left off talking about this Wake Forest versus Rutgers game, and I want to mention the fact that Wake Forest has really not been bottling up the ground game whatsoever. And when it comes to Rutgers, this has really been the only way that the team has been able to move the ball as well. So I think that you've got yourself actually a good matchup here when it comes to this Rutgers team. I think that you are going to have guys be able to find a couple holes. Now, when it comes to Rutgers, not a team that as a collective has been able to do the world's greatest job of being able to be home run hitters. Heck, for this Rutgers team, they had 471 carries. They did not have a single carry of longer than 33 yards, which I find absolutely astounding. I mean, when you take a look at the teams that Rutgers have played this season, they have not necessarily played the Monsters of the Midway. They wound up having games against Delaware, the good old blue ends of the FCS, the Temple Owls, as we give our Elaine Kiffin here. Go Owls! And you also have Syracuse in that fold as well, so and they did wind up playing against some lax competition. Now, with that said, they also did wind up playing against some of those vaunted Big Ten defenses as well. So, you're able to look at this one of two different ways. So, there is that aspect of it, but I do think that Rutgers is going to be able to hold their own, and I'm just very curious to see how this Wake Forest aerial attack is going to be able to do against a Rutgers team that, well, when it comes to Rutgers, it has been a little bit of an up-and-down season for them, but with Rutgers, this is a team that they've been able to do a good job of being able to be able to have a couple guys up front, be able to cause a little bit of frustration. They were able to do a good job of be able to force sign fumbles during the season. Now, it's a secondary that hasn't necessarily picked off a lot of passes. As a collective, they only wound up having seven interceptions this season, but Max Melton has actually been able to get three of them. He wound up looking relatively solid towards the last few weeks of the season. So he's been able to do a good job in the secondary for the team as a freshman. So I think that that's a good quality. And, I do think that Rutgers is going to be able to get this game a little bit more, I guess you could call it to their liking. It's one of those things of which I always take a look at it for college basketball. You always have one very fast team and one very slow team, and typically it's a little bit easier to slow down the fast team than it is to speed up the slow team. I do think that that is going to be a little bit of a case when it comes to this one. Here at 63, I do take a look at the under, and I think that with Rutgers, are they going to be able to win the game outright? I don't think so, but... I think here at 17, it's went a little bit too far, especially with Wake Forest preparing for an entirely different opponent and then being banded a sheet last week saying, hey, you're going to be playing Rutgers in this game. So I do think that that actually plays a little bit more in the favor of Rutgers. And my producer, Jason Cotton, who wound up giving a shout out to, he did wind up asking me how up for Rutgers is, are they going to be in this game? And I honestly think that this is actually a very good motivational spot for Rutgers because When it comes to Rutgers, sure, you could take a look at it, fewer practices. Maybe some guys thought that they were done for the season, but because the Bull wound up having to come to Rutgers, asking them to be able to play in this game, and they had to accept the invitation, I think that there are a bunch of guys that are going to be jacked up that they get another chance to play football, another chance to be able to try to build a little bit more, and the only guy that has ever been able to coach at Rutgers is Greg Ciano. I mean, everyone else has been a big, fat disappointment, so... I do think that Rutgers is going to be able to hold in this game. I like the 17, and I'm taking a look at the under as well. And then we've got another little bit of a bait-and-switch bowl game. It's better known as the Sun Bowl out there in El Paso, Texas. It says you've got Central Michigan. They're going to be playing against Washington State. Washington State finds themselves a seven-point favorite, and you're on this game. You're finding it anywhere between a 57 and a 57.5. This was supposed to be Washington State versus Miami, and you were supposed to have Central Michigan playing out there in the Arizona Bowl against Boise State. Well, you wound up having Miami be unable to take part in this game. You had Boise State wind up bowing out of the Arizona Bowl, so you've got, as I'm calling it, the bait-and-switch bowl game, so the good news for Central Michigan is they had to just hop over a nice little flight from Tucson over to El Paso, so they were able to roll in, and I honestly think that this is going to be a relatively good spot for Central Michigan. Washington state has been through the ringer of things. You wound up having their coach, Nick Rolovich wind up getting canned earlier this season because he would not comply with the state's health and safety protocols. You wound up having Washington state get off to a little bit of a rough start to the season. Now they were able to really pick it up late. So to their credit, when the interim coaching staff wound up coming in, Washington State was able to give you some good fight. They wound up winning three out of their last four games. They wanted being able to do a better job on defense. But this is a Central Michigan team that they themselves come in white hot. They wound up winning each out of their last four games of the season. So this is a team that they're rocking and rolling. So I do give Central Michigan a little bit of credit there. Now, what else is going to be not necessarily working out to Central Michigan's advantage is that We have really seen MAC teams struggle quite a bit during these bowl games. Now You did see Western Michigan be able to get the win against Nevada, but that's a Nevada team in which, well, you wind up not having your starting quarterback. The entire coaching staff was gone. I think that these streamers from their fire sale, they were gone as well, so that was a little bit of a unique circumstance. But when it comes to the Central Michigan team, I'm going to be very curious to see what you wind up getting on the passing game of this team because you have seen Daniel Richardson, whenever he's been out there, he's been able to do a relatively solid job the team 23 touchdowns to five interceptions was a little bit banged up towards the beginning part of the season but when he was able to get out there was relatively solid and a guy that's completed at least 77 half percent of his passes in two out of the last three games so he's coming in in relatively solid form and he's got one guy that he's able to rely upon in the backfield that'd be mr. Lou Nicholson five and a half yards per carry 1700 yards this season how about a buck 63 or more on the ground with at least two touchdowns and four of the last five games actually for the rush yards all five of the games in terms of rushing touchdowns he has gotten at least two in four out of the last five so this guy has been absolutely tremendous for this team meanwhile you take a look at washington state and it's been a little bit more of a mixed match when it comes to the team. this is a team that they don't necessarily excel when it comes to the aerial tech but at the same time they do have some relatively good balance so I think that that's intriguing to look at him for Washington State. Getting back to the rush game of Central Michigan, they're giving up right around a buck sixty-two per game on the ground, so that is not necessarily been the best thing for the team when it comes to when it comes to Washington State. You do have a guy that I do like in Jaden Delora who has been able to do a solid job, 23 touchdowns, nine interceptions. You take a look at the recent man. no interceptions in the team's final two games. So I think that that's very critical because he is someone that wound up giving a few turnovers towards the beginning part of the season. That is relatively tough, but you're taking a look at what you're able to get on the flip side for Central Michigan. And with Central Michigan, What I think is going to be going a little bit under the radar is that they've got the only FBS player who has two punt returns for a touchdown. That will be Khalil Pimpleton. He has been able to do a nice job of being able to give the teams a good field position. Typically, you don't take a look a ton at special teams, but I do think that these special teams are going to be quite special in this game. He's also the team's leading wide receiver, so he's able to do a lot for the team. And then when it comes to this Washington State bunch, I think that it's going to be really fascinating to see how the team winds are coming out on the ground themselves because this has been a team in which they've really been featuring one guy, a guy that's been able to give you right around five and a half yards per carry. in Max Bacori. He has been able to do a good job of rack up some touchdowns. As a matter of fact, multiple touchdowns on the ground for him in three of the last five games. But when it comes to central Michigan, they've been a little bit better on the ground, but they also haven't necessarily faced the running backs that Washington State has had to let's face it out there in the back. We know that there's a lot of teams that they just love to gun it. They love to just air it out all game long. So, got to be balancing that. The good news when it comes to this bowl game, as of right now, we haven't seen a lot of opt outs. And that is just something that's so big when it comes to these bowl games. Fortunately, in the college football playoff, if we wind up seeing opt outs, then something has probably really, really went wrong. You're just looking more or less at that at COVID 19 information. And when it comes to the Chippewas, Defense has been a little bit rough. They've given up at least 30 points in three out of their last five games. Washington State, meanwhile, the offense is starting to come together a little bit. The defense wound up having a little bit of a tough go of it to begin the season. It has locked in a little bit more, so I find it to be intriguing. Here at the total of fifty-seven half. it's not necessarily something that's too strong, but I would be taking a look at the over because you do have a Washington State team not necessarily great at being able to contain the ground for Central Michigan. I do think that they're going to be giving up quite a bit as well, and this is a Central Michigan team that they're defense with regards to the secondary just not necessarily strong. Calvin Jackson Jr. I think should be able to have a big game in this one. A guy that has racked up at least 87 receiving yards in three out of the last five games for Washington safe. But when it comes to Central Michigan, I do think that there's good value here with the seven. I don't know if they wind up being able to pull this game off outright. I think that it's going to be an intriguing game, which I could see this wind up being a field goal game. And I think that you could wind up seeing quite a bit of wonkiness and a big reason why I do like the over a little bit more as well as that this is a game that was put together at the last minute. So both of these offenses are going to really look to do what they are able to very well. These teams had to wind up getting tape on each other at the very last minute as well. So I do think that that's a good way to be able to take a look at this game, take a look at the over, and I'm going to be taking a look at the points when it comes to Central Michigan. And in the final segment, just going to give you guys what I like for this Friday of betting, along with a little bit of college college basketball preview as well. That is next right here on The Look At on V-CEN. Sports Betting v all access subscription for the rest of the football season with our big game special get access to our in-depth matchup analysis trends and picks for every single game and sport on the schedule including our exclusive betting splits showing you where the money is going on every single game sign up today and you'll also receive our daily best bets emails weekly betting guides plus 24 7 video and our college bowl betting guide covering every single bowl game and that is all for just $39 if you're able to sign up for that at Beaston.com slash subscribe as it is the final segment right here of The Lookhead with myself, Greg Peterson, filling in for Scott Seidenberg tonight. If you're listening to me live, well, you get this show replayed for another three hours. So if you missed anything, we've got you covered there. If you're listening to the replay, that would be at 345 a.m. Pacific, 645 a.m. Eastern. Well. You're just 15 minutes away from follow the money. Mitch Moss, Polly Howard, they're going to have you covered with regards to college football playoff. They're going to have you covered with everything to be able to make your last day of 2021 a profitable one and be sliding into 2022 feeling minty fresh. But with that said, we've been taking a lot of a look at college football here in these first few segments of this final hour. How about if I give you guys what I'm looking at for the New York Post when it comes to college basketball now? Anyone that's looking to bet on college basketball on this Friday, well, you want to be firing in early because most of these games are going to be tipping off right around 1 p.m. Eastern time, in some cases, noon Eastern. So you want to be taking a look at that. The latest game is at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. So a very early board and you've got one, one ranked team in action. And that is the game that I wound up writing up for the New York Post. As if you're looking on the added games board, this is 306-131, 306-132 when it comes to the rotation numbers. But you've got high point and they look to not be a low point as they are going to be taking on Kentucky. It is actually, by the way, a little bit of a homecoming as Tubby Smith actually used to coach over there at Kentucky, Kentucky's out the coach at high point and his high point Panthers are catching anywhere between 25 and a half and 26 points in your total on this game you're finding it anywhere between a 137 and a 138. I want to say my total at a 138 and a half so here at Circa this is currently not available at DraftKings for most of you guys out there in a jurisdiction more, more likely on the east coast you're going to be seeing these numbers pop if you have yet to see them already probably right around 8 a.m. Eastern 5 a.m. Pacific so just keep that in mind. But I wound up saying high point as more around a 20-and-a-half point underdog. This is a high point team that they played very well against Michigan State when they wound up doing battle against them two days ago. As a matter of fact, they held the lead against Michigan State at the half. Now, it was a Michigan State team that was missing a couple guys. Marcus Bingham Jr., their top shot blocker, was out of the fold along with Max Chrissy. But this is a high point team that they shoot as a collective. About 38% from three-point range on the road. And they've actually been better on the road than they have been at home. This is a bunch that when they have been on the road, they've been able to do a nice job with regards to their efficiency. More than seven points on a per-possession basis. Better than when they have been at home, which I find to be a little bit ironic because they've been able to play some marquee teams on the road but give them a lot of credit there. Meanwhile, for Kentucky, they should be able to mop up the glass. You've got Oscar Sheboy, who's right now averaging 15.8 15.8 points and 15.8 rebounds per game. I kid you not when I say that there was a game last week that they played against Western Kentucky and he single-handedly had more rebounds of Western Kentucky. That is going to be an issue for this high point team. But with high point, they've got a guy by the name of Zach Gawson. He averages 3.2 blocks per game, ranks in the top 15 in all of college basketball at that aspect. And when it comes to this high point team, you've actually got some relatively solid outside shooting. John Michael Wright is really able to be the head of the sink for the team. A guy that's been able to give you a little bit over four assists. And what has really been impressive with him as well, he's been able to put up 21 points per game. He can be a little bit of a one-man band at times, but he could be a little bit of a one-man band at times. But you do have other guys that are able to help out like Jaden House. House's emergence has been very good for the team. A guy that is able to give you 12 points per game shoots 44.2% from three-point range. You take a look at this high-point team, and Zach Austin, who I mentioned, the good shot blocker for the team, he shoots right around six threes per game. He's able to shoot right around 34%, so got good versatility there. And then Bryant Rendleman has been able to give you a little bit over two blocks per game, right around three assists, seven and a half points per game. This is going to be a little bit of a high a top heavy high point team but I do think that they're going to be able to do a good job of hanging in this game and they've got a guy with a great last name Rob Peterson he's been a good glue guy for this team he's been able to give the team right around four and a half boards only about three points per game but does a good job down low now when it comes to Kentucky I am very bullish on this team I do think that this is a team that when it's all said and done they're going to be a second weekend of the NCAA tournament team as long as they don't wind up getting a bad draw I think that they're going to get better and better as the season goes along. That is just a hallmark of John Perry teams. And I do think that it is intriguing that they haven't used Cal Grady a little bit more because Grady is a guy that shoots right around 44% from three-point range. In regards to just efficiency numbers alone, one of the top players in all of college basketball, this is a team that also has a guy that's averaging 7.7 assists per game in Xavier Wheeler he does find it turning the ball over a little bit too much up and this is a kentucky team that's collective they shoot about 33 percent for three-point range also keep this in mind if you're looking a little bit more at motivation when it comes to it apparently there's going to be a little bit of a ceremony honoring tubby smith and you got to figure that when he gets up to this big of a spread if kentucky's up like 20 points with a minute left to go do you really think that John Perry is going to be out there trying to run it up on Tubby Smith just to prove a point? I certainly do not think so. So, I mean, there is a little bit of motivation that goes into this, but I think the high point, even without that sort of motivation, they're good enough to be able to hang in this game. For the New York Post, I want to giving out the spread. I want to saying this line more around 20 and a half right now, depending on where you are looking among the books that right now have this available finding it anywhere between 25 and a half and 26. And like I said, with my total, set it at a 138 and a half, mostly seeing 137 and a 138. So taking a look at the over on this game as well. And we did wind up hitting on a couple other games earlier on the show as well. So if you want to missing any of those, go to the Best Bets podcast. You're able to subscribe to that wherever your podcast. But we've got another very intriguing game that I want to take a look at for this College Basketball Friday. A 860 on the bagging board. You've got Delaware hitting the road to face off against Charles College of Charleston. College of Charleston finds themselves a three-point favorite, and your total on this game is 153. The reason why this is so intriguing is that when you take a look at College of Charleston, this has been the most up-tempo team in all of college basketball. In terms of possessions per game, this team is number one. They've been deal with an injury to their top scorer John Meeks. He has not played in, I believe, now each out of the last four games. Meanwhile, you've got a Delaware team that has a very good backcourt trio. You've got Ryan, you've got Ryan Young along with Kevin Anderson, and then you're able to throw in there Jameer Nelson Jr. Yes, the son of that Jameer Nelson. These three guys have been able to combine for right in the neighborhood about 39 points per game. Ryan Allen is able to shoot 41% from three-point range. Kevin Anderson, a little bit more of a facilitator for the team. He and Jameer Nelson Jr. Right around five assists per game. But I do think that Delaware is going to be laying in there. Now, I think that Charleston wins the game outright. But I want him setting this line at 2.5. So I'm willing to take a three-year because with Delaware, I think that they're going to be owning the paint with Dylan Painter. 15 points, 7.5 rebounds, transfer from Villanova. He's able to do a solid job. Meanwhile, College of Charleston, you do have a team that, they haven't necessarily been the world's greatest when it comes to defense. They themselves shoot about 36% from three point range. So I do think that you've got a very intriguing battle here. And I want to say this a little bit north of 160 because you do have a College of Charleston team that they play very up tempo with Delaware. This is not a team that's necessarily looking to gun it when it comes to possessions per game. They rank 230th in all of college basketball, but it's been a relatively effective offense. They do a good job of being able to knock down some threes. They do a nice job of being able to get some ch- second chances as well. So it's a Delaware team that I think is going to be able to put up some points. They rank 69th in the country with regards to points scored on a per possession basis. So I'm going to be taking a look at the over in this spot, and at three or greater, going to be taking a look at the blue ends of Delaware. as I think that we're going to be able to get a very good one in this, and then when it comes to the rest of the college basketball betting board, want to mention a little bit earlier, I like Elon catching seven points and the under of 149 in that game. If you're looking at Quinnipiac versus Niagara, and if you're looking for a Moneyline underdog, I'm taking a look at Niagara being able to win this game outright. I do recognize that Quinnipiac has Kevin Marfo, a guy that wound up leading all of college basketball in rebounding a few seasons ago but this is a Quinnipiac team that they really don't have a lot in the backcourt they're a team that has been on quite a bit of a break as well so I do think that Niagara is going to be able to seek up on them and they're going to be able to win this game outright and mentioned it a little bit earlier in the hour what I do like when it comes to college football playoff I do think that Michigan is going to be able to hold in there against Georgia I don't know if they're necessarily going to be able to win this game outright but Michigan 2-0 as an underdog this season I think against the spread they wind up making it 3-0 and Like I said, the Georgia defense is really, really good. So I don't know if either team is going to be able to get to 21 points in this spot. So I'm taking a look at the under and I'm going to be taking the points when it comes to Michigan. I don't necessarily have a great read when it comes to the Alabama versus Cincinnati total, but when it comes to the actual game spread, I'm laying 13 and a half. When it comes to Alabama, you're finding this with a mix of between 13 and a half and 14. If you're taking a look at this and you're listening right now, you've got a 13 and a half available, take it right now because Let's call it what it is. The public is not going to be just clamoring to bet Cincinnati in the spot. We all know that the public is going to be going with Alabama. I do think that Alabama is just that much better than Cincinnati. Desmond Ritter, not a guy that necessarily excites me, though. The defense, I think, is relatively solid of Cincinnati. If I'd be looking anywhere, would be the under. Not necessarily as much of a hard lean there as much as I do like Alabama being able to lay 13 and a half in. Looking to take 17 points with Rutgers, as grody as it sounds, along with the under. And when it comes to Central Michigan versus Washington State, looking at that over and looking at the points with Central Michigan. And that will do it here for the look at coming up next. You are going to be getting follow the money with Mitch Moss and Paul Howard if you're looking at the replay. And that's right here on v the Sports Bank Network.
0: This is... This is... This is...